0: listening to Swinging Down Under, a podcast about the swinging, non-monogamous lifestyle from two crazy Australians with over four years of lifestyle antics to keep you entertained, informed, angry, happy, and horny. Join our international swinging adventures. And welcome. I'm C, crazy female Australian, Sheila, and believer of all things love, balance, and sexy times.
1: And this is D. I'll be doing my best to keep the dad jokes to a minimum, which is probably going to be highly unlikely. Along with that, I'll keep C and check where I can. Did I mention I'm a pilot? We'll be your podcast host for today, so sit back and enjoy the sweet, sweet melodies. This is C. And this is D.
0: And this is episode 75 of Swinging Down Under Podcast. Welcome. or oh, welcome back.
1: Welcome back. Yeah. <laughs> it is uh, 75, which is what, like a silver anniversary or something?
0: I have no idea and I really don't care about those things. Goal. They make no sense. I don't know. Something. We're going to later in the podcast have a an interview that we actually had with a lady who was born and grew up in the Ivory Coast, which is West Africa for anyone who may not know, and then her partner who is a Canadian. They are going to share their cultural differences growing up and then moving into swinging and dabbling in polyamory as well so that's later in the podcast but first up we want to talk about running into people that you know i guess uh how how we've run into people we've met people we know
1: maybe from the lifestyle yes additional yes can you know to give some context there.
0: Yeah, we've had a few incidences in the past uh, little while and we it's wanted to Pretty sure it's
1: incendiary. Incendiary, uh, yeah, it has to be. We wanted to chat to you guys about it's them. Not at and- all. No. I don't, I don't need I don't need the tweets to tell me that
0: to run you through kind of some of the circumstances surrounding them and then also what occurred what happened and how we dealt with it we're not going to go into the details just to obviously protect the people that we're talking about but it's and also myself but uh we did yeah, want to we've share had to,
1: we've had to record a couple of times there because um C was struggling to say anonymity an enemy
0: but we wanted to we wanted to uh kind of go through it and share that with you so the first one that occurred was actually a really funny one where i was hosting a business meeting this is recent and we'd played with the people in particular and i was hosting a business meeting and then the pers-
1: people the person they that was invited horrible, horrible people.
0: the person that was invited to the meeting that i was hosting <laughs> happened to be somebody whose face i was sitting on two nights earlier so of course you know, the person was invited prior to us sleeping together, but not not prior to us setting up the date. So as we're kind of flirting and chatting and setting up the date, they become aware that I was going to be hosting a meeting that they were invited to.
1: And what was the line that was used?
0: I don't remember. What was it? What
1: When when he told you.
0: What was the line?
1: He, he said, oh, I know your full name. I know everything about you. I know where you work. And you were like, what? Huh? Huh? How, how did this happen? And he then said because I got an invite to a meeting on Monday that you're the chair of.
0: Yes, so my invitation had been forwarded around to additional people and
1: a Bit like C actually, just forwarded around to different
0: <laughs> people. He was one of the people that you know, I mean it was it was nice that he told us really in advance, you know, that was kind of uh, honest because I mean you could have you could have absolutely freaked out and I guess not mentioned it, but I
1: yeah. think it wasn't unexpected though
0: maybe not but I mean, um
1: because you know there's small worlds out there depending on what you're involved in absolutely yeah and uh i think it wasn't it, it was not unexpected not unexpected no no so but, he
0: sends us a message and kind of lets us know it, just, was it he, he or she you already said it was a he so the gigs up
1: the gigs up <laughs> oh wow for any of you who can like you know just arrow in on sex being the understanding of who somebody is. Well done. I mean, because it's roughly 50-50.
0: And so I said, you know, it doesn't really matter. He, he gave us the option for an out, I guess, as well. But I I, I didn't really. You know, I thought, you know, he, he has as much to lose as we do. Doesn't really matter. Don't let it tarnish the date. And
1: then he's got a pretty face that looks like it could use a good sitting on. Yeah.
0: So we went on the date and then we, <laughs> we, we ended up playing. And then come Monday was the time when basically the meeting was occurring now we to discuss you know do we pretend we know each other do we pretend we've met before do we just
1: you don't need to pretend you know each other you literally sat on his face the night before i mean it's not like you, you know him no <laughs> it's gonna be you to pretend you'll be pretending not to know him well that's and pretending not to have been naked with him
0: Yeah, well, I mean, like, pretending to have met somewhere else or have been friends for a while or whatever the case may be. he
1: probably would have had to pretend to not undress you with his eyes while you were up presenting. But we instead chose to just,
0: we didn't know each other, and so we played the little game of introducing ourselves and then shaking hands and whatnot and then proceeding with the meeting.
1: Yeah, there was no sitting on faces in the meeting.
0: No, there was no sitting on
1: faces in the meeting. Because that would have have made it awkward.
0: But that could have gone two ways, right? It could have gone to like everybody freaking out and it could have gone to people not wanting to play or you know not wanting to or or actually even just him removing himself from the meeting or like being really concerned about the information that you've shared but the pictures you've shared these sorts of things but even though we hadn't physically met the couple before um I wasn't worried you know I thought we had a good rapport with them so I think you could yeah you could freak out and start like running running around in circles and Worry about it, but we just decided to to kind of carry on. It was kind of a bit of fun actually in the meeting.
1: Yeah, why, why was that?
0: Well, because uh, you know I was obviously in my suit, and the, the two nights before I was in a sexy dress. And lingerie, I was, you know, had my hair completely different, my makeup completely different, and so it was kind of like a little game, actually. And
1: given it standard practice for you to turn your phone off when you're in a meeting of this sort of calibre, or did you arrive back to anything on your phone per chance? <laughs> yes.
0: So by the time I got back, we had a four-way kick conversation going and... Um, it was
1: already, that was prior to. Prior
0: to, and... and the, there were
1: some updates.
0: Yes, obviously D uh, was not there, the wife was not in the meeting, and so it was a really funny banter between... Both them and then the wife asking her husband, you know, how was Caesar in her in her suit, you know, like what heels did she wear? Did you get a hard on? Did she, you they like mention
1: heels, people will be able to identify you from that.
0: You know, then I was I, I did actually wear my heels from the night a couple of the, the night previous where we played. I wore the same pair of heels which I normally would not wear with that suit, but I was being a bit cheeky, kind of uh you were a th- it up a little. throwback reminder to what we'd done the, the couple of nights earlier. Or who? or who we'd done
1: yeah at least two of them
0: yeah we ended up <clears throat> yeah it was good meaning we ended up uh chatting after and making a bit of a joke out of it and and there you go but i think that in these sorts of circumstances yeah you can either freak out or you can remain quite calm and just kind of let it happen and
1: and see what happens i mean yeah. it, this whole you know non-monogamy thing still a little bit left of center of course so some people are still concerned that their world might find out about it as C is here, I really don't give a shit because I work for a company that I'm pretty sure would take it very well. However, C works for a company that I'm pretty sure would take it very poorly. So yeah, I mean, it just depends on what your surroundings are and whether whether there's a chance that things might go awkwardly wrong.
0: Yeah. And do you think that probably like in this circumstance, they had as much skin in the game as we did?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the other thing is when you're working directly with a company like this, the other concern is a lot of companies have, you know, clauses about disclosure on, on, uh, uh, because you're a supplier to this company. I mean, that would normally, and he's a decision maker involved in the purchase of said supply. So in a lot of companies, you'd have to out yourself Mm. for that. You know, Mm. like you have to do it. You have to say that, I'm involved with this person in a sexual way or something like that so that you can exclude yourself from any potential ramifications you know around all the bribery and corruption and all that sort of thing so
0: Yeah and I guess you know thinking about it this this circumstance we've been chatting to them on Kick uh, we hadn't met them but we've been talking for I think about a month before we had the opportunity to catch up just due to you know everyone's being busy but we hadn't met you know so again I think these circumstances really come down to, you know, the sense of calmness would be how much skin everybody has in the game. Do you know these people have you met before? You know, what if you're six months down the track or three months down the track, say, and then they, you know, they find out all the details. But I would imagine that by that stage anyway, you would be sharing that kind of information having been on multiple dates. So yep. I guess the the concern generally is, is meeting people for the first time or meeting other people in a club or seeing other people that you know in your circles in a club you know, areas where perhaps you haven't got the skin in the game or there's not a, a, a reasonable level of skin in the game between the two parties. Sounds like
1: there's a lot of skin involved <laughs> here. I mean, that's what I'm feeling. There's a lot of games and skin. Yeah. But there wasn't any games. There was certainly a lot of skin involved.
0: Do you think that it would be different for um, single versus couples? You know, what if this was a, a single person that we were potentially going to, to meet? Would that have been a, di- a different feeling for you? You know, did you think that we all equally shared in this Situation.
1: I don't think it's any different. I think it's it is what it is. You know, there's uh you, you have to rely on other people in any relationship, whether it be our style of relationship or just a standard couple date. You have, or sorry, singles two singles dating. You have to be you have to be open. Mm. If you're not at least somewhat open, then you'll never get to know somebody. And if that's your aim, if you don't want to know them, then that's fine. But to form a relationship which is what we're looking for you know we're looking for something a bit deeper than just having sex with people to form some sort of a relationship you have to have an understanding of what they do or you have to have an understanding of who they are somewhat Yeah. because you know, we all spend a minimum of 8 hours a day at, at a workplace so it constitutes a large part of our life so to re- truly understand somebody I think you have to understand roughly what they do even if it's just the facet of business they're involved in whether it be you know sales or marketing or or whatever you know like upper management middle management you've got to have a at least an inkling of what they do so that you can talk to something yeah otherwise a conversation gets very short very quick
0: yeah i suppose you're absolutely right there at some point you have it's to the put first yourself time on
1: this podcast that yeah. absolutely right you
0: have to put yourself out there uh to to receive something back you know if you don't put yourself out there you won't get anything back so you yep. really can't necessarily go any further forward
1: if you want to be hyper secretive then it's really hard to get to know people yeah you can't be hyper hyper secretive and expect to build a relationship yeah that's that's really true that's the real thing there and um even the level of secrecy has to vary depending on how you trust individuals and how much
0: and maybe that builds right like maybe you don't just walk into somebody and say here's everything about me you know the level of trust builds by (laughs) Yeah, well, but it, it builds by then, you know, giving bits and pieces away and then receiving the same back. You know, getting that level of trust back, yeah, and, then, and then building on that. Okay, so the reason I asked you about singles is because we actually met met a single recently. We didn't. This is this scenario is a little bit different. We didn't know that, that there was a connection going into this. The single was using a different name
1: yeah he had a pseudonym
0: he had a pseudonym and we hadn't shared a a lot of photos but then also I hadn't seen this particular person in I think six or so years and so well
1: you'd never seen him before
0: or briefly had I think yeah I think briefly yeah and so slightly slightly different scenario where we had no idea going into it so this was more of a on situation that that occurred you know just an open
1: conversation yeah at, at drinks gave away the fact that You've yeah, been involved before. absolutely. Do you want to give a rundown on how that.
0: I will. I will. Yeah. I just want to mention, though. You know, there's obviously a difference between the first scenario where we knew going in and we had time to ourselves, chat, process uh, individually and as a couple. Whereas this recent situation, it was just on the fly. You know, we had to. We had to feel comfortable and have conversations on the fly and it kind of took me by surprise. I mean thinking about the circumstance that I'm about to describe like what was your reaction when it was unveiled that there was a connection?
1: Yeah again I'm not too worried. I mean, it depends on the individual as well, and depends on what the plans are for, you know, for those people mm. in future. So, no, it wasn't a big concern to me. Uh, again, he seemed reasonably trustworthy, and given that we, you know, we hadn't played with him, yeah. And there's no, you know, it's just as far as I'm concerned, it's just some people meeting at a bar.
0: Yeah, and that was what I was about to say too. Like, if if we hadn't, if we didn't have the podcast and we didn't host events and have a website and everything else. Really, I mean, could this person expose me? Yes, but would it be my word against them? Absolutely. I think the fact that we do have the podcast and everything else, obviously it puts us at a higher exposure because then there's some um, evidence that would back the, the person's claim about who we are. And it wouldn't take a genius to then be able to hear our voices uh, on the podcast and put two and two together.
1: Uh, we sound pretty different on the podcast. Do we? Wow, well, yeah, I sound horrific. Oh,
0: it's that voice mixer that you've got going? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I sound like... We're actually you know, Russian spies. Um, <laughs> I'm way, way too clumsy to be a Russian spy. Or am I? I might be joking. So, so we had this, uh, this, this meeting. This is
1: why I'm the jokes man yeah, yeah, in you this are. podcast. Yeah. Because I mean, I can't hear them from here, but I'm pretty sure there's crickets in a basement somewhere going,
0: <laughs> Oh, maybe there is.
1: No doubt at all.
0: So during during these cocktail drinks, and I think probably like two or three drinks in, we were talking about a random topic of conversation, something to do with travel. And then we uncovered that, as I mentioned, six years ago, there was a connection now this particular individual had been somebody that I was working with or a client or a larger client unfortunately they're also someone who hadn't helped me with a situation and I ended up moving my chess pieces around them and going over their head as well so that kind of added a little bit of interest to the situation
1: so uh, I'll ask a question on the back of that I mean this time around it wasn't really a problem but what if the person was just a total cunt yeah could happen what, what do you do then? What would you do?
0: You, there's nothing you really can do. I mean, you've just got to be pleasant. Uh, you've got to just not piss them you off. You can't
1: just bitch, at, bitch slap them and walk out? No. That's not...
0: To aggravate the situation, absolutely not.
1: Okay, so we, we should probably keep that in mind.
0: <laughs> I mean, if, if it did happen and it blew up in our face and the other person was angry or someone who was threatening you, I mean, there's not a lot you can do. You know, could you, take, could you mitigate some risk and take your profiles offline, shut your accounts down and things of that nature if you're really worried about, absolutely. You know, and I guess that's why some people choose not to give away too many details on kick message before they've physically met the individuals. Don't uh, send face photos, these sorts of things, um, or maybe don't give away, you know, details about their work and stuff. But basically, he he, we were talking. He referenced. He actually said my full name, um, including my middle name. He then further said my email and uh, address what I went around him to his boss to achieve and uh, that we're still connected on LinkedIn to this day. And uh, yeah, I mean, it was a bit of a shock. I'm not going to lie. Um, I think later in the taxi on the way home to you, I was still reeling a little bit like, fuck, that's crazy. But I think more so the fact that We never lived in the same city prior to, like, we never ran into each other in the lifestyle. Now we both live in Singapore six years on and in completely different jobs and we've stumbled upon each other. That was Sorry, yes, he
1: was Australian-based. We should probably add that in as well, just so you understand that this happened back in Australia. We lived on opposite sides of the country, which is a big difference. And then now, six years later, moving to Singapore, you invite him for drinks.
0: Yep. Met through met through a local group
1: because you're a dirty, he- dirty swinging. Heading girl. out,
0: heading out for some cocktails, and I thought, gee, what, wouldn't it be great to have a chat to a fellow Aussie? And there he comes, and then yeah, we figured out that it was a connection. So. I mean, yeah, it, it can happen. It's a small world, right? But it's also a small lifestyle. So I guess, yeah, same thing. Remain cool. Have a bit of. We actually had a bit of a laugh about it. Um, he took the piss out of me that I'd gone around
1: him. You seem to be freaking the fuck out about it now, rather than when it happened. Like when it when it happened, you weren't concerned, but. You're making it sound like you're much more concerned now than what you were when it actually happened.
0: I had three cocktails in. I thought everything was... Three? Th- well, Are you
1: fucking serious? You roses. You had six cocktails in.
0: <laughs> but I mean, you know, what can you do, right? Like at that point...
1: Drink more cocktails. There's
0: nothing you could do, you know. It was funny. We had a laugh and then on we on we move, you know.
1: I mean, there is nothing else to do. I the... Yeah. You either stand up and leave and, and potentially make it very, very problematic or you just get on.
0: Yeah. Shrug yeah. your shoulders and kind of say like, cool, you know, it's awesome that people are exploring the lifestyle and people are exploring what they want and off you go. Yep. Have a bit of a giggle about it.
1: Yes. Anything I certainly else? I had quite a giggle.
0: No, I don't think so.
1: Just how funny it was for me.
0: <laughs> was it funny for you, darling?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Just to see you squirm a little in your pants, squirming in your pants.
0: Did you, did you think I was like, you know, calm on the outside but freaking out on the inside?
1: I, th- I kind of pictured you like a duck.
0: Like a duck swimming? Yeah,
1: yeah. calm above the water but legs paddling like fuck below. <laughs> That's what I think was happening there. Is
0: that why you paid for his drinks? You were trying to bribe him?
1: No, I didn't realize I did pay for his drink, <laughs> Which was actually a pretty big mistake on my behalf given the cost of drinks in this particular fucking bar.
0: Yeah. All right, anyway, so that's really our two circumstances. We wanted to share them with you all to, I guess, share a little bit about what's happening in our lifestyle journey and something that's that's different that really hasn't occurred in the past four years. These these are the first two kinds of bigger incidents that have that have occurred similar- In today. In today, uh, to us in the past, uh, past few months. So yeah, we just wanted to share those. Well, g'day, Stephanie and Guillaume. Welcome to the podcast. (laughs) It's my third attempt. I feel like I'm doing okay. Thank you for joining us today.
1: It's just ghee and Yum. Yummy ghee.
0: She got it. Yeah. She did. Good job. Thank you very much. Thank you very much for joining us, guys. I know it's uh, been a while. I've been talking to you guys about trying to get you on our podcast for months. So thank you for hanging in there and helping us out. Really appreciate it. Yeah, we're glad to be here now. So you guys are joining us today to talk about the diversity in the lifestyle, and you are well as mentioned, you guys live in Ottawa. But where did you guys grow up? Now I know Stephanie, you grew up in Ivory Ivory Coast, which is West Africa, and I can't pronounce the official name. Can you tell us this? Côte Côte d I can't get it. What is it? <laughs> yeah, close. It's Côte d'Ivoire. Côte
1: d'Ivoire. Wow, that sounds awesome. It's Cote
0: Tell us a little bit about that place and how many languages that you both speak, because I'm feeling like it's probably some multilingual happening here in this room.
2: Well, I speak English, of course, and I speak French, and then there's the tribal language, which is Baoli, but I I understand only bits and pieces, but also within the countries, there's different old tribal languages, which is can be confusing, but officially, we all speak French. That makes it nice and easy for everybody. Yeah, I do speak a little bit of Spanish, but I'm losing my Spanish.
3: And despite the name, I speak English and just a bit of French.
1: Well, you're still a long way ahead of us. Yeah. Just quietly. Yeah. (laughs) We speak English (laughs) and Australian, which, believe me, are two different languages.
0: Did you meet back in uh, the Ivory Coast or? No. No. Actually.
2: We met in the U.S. Because I used to, I was in Ivory Coast for a long time. And then when the civil war started, my sister was already in baltimore actually she was in boston and then my mom you know because it was getting crazy she sent me to the states so i stayed with my sister and i i was there for like almost 10 years and then we moved to um i was in baltimore and then i met him there
3: i was in baltimore for oh, about nine months just after i moved down happened to meet online and uh, nothing's going to happen, let's just have some fun.
2: It was just supposed to be a fun thing, okay? It was supposed to be just a fun thing, and he tied me down.
1: <laughs> Damn it. He was just so cute. Yeah, he couldn't help but fall in love with him.
2: I Yeah, I think she said it was the cooking. It was the cooking that got me. Oh, he,
1: really? He was a
2: man that cooked, you know, back in the air because men don't really cook. a like woman to just come from work and be like cooking, and it's always, you're always in the kitchen,
3: even when you, we went home, I visited and me stepping into the kitchen, it was no one could believe it.
2: Yeah, they were like, Why is he in the kitchen? Is something wrong? And I'm like, No, he just wants to get a spoon. Can you just let <laughs> him get the spoon? I
3: can get you a glass of water. I can do this by myself. Oh my God, what are you doing here? You're
2: a man. Like, they were like, Take care of oh, your husband. I'm like, He can take care of his darn self. You can you get
1: the spoon? Yeah.
0: So, you weren't even in there trying to cook. You were just trying to get a glass of water and a spoon, and they were all up in your business. You, you had, you was fun. Oh, yeah, it was a good time. <laughs> so, do you guys visit I, back there often?
2: Uh, what, we well, We We've only
3: been once, and that was together, and that was in 2015. Yeah. yeah.
2: It was an experience to bring him. I was really scared. I was really scared to bring him. Excited, but scared. Because it's just different culture, because I knew they were going to see him they were like, oh, God, she married a white guy. Great. She's just, you know, sell out to her own. Well, she wasn't going to be sell out. But they always make little comments like, oh, you couldn't find any black men to marry? And I told them, I said, it was all out of the store. They were out of black men. I just <laughs> picked the white <laughs> <laughs>
0: You're on sale. No. Reduced price.
3: And they came in, like, set us down for supper. They asked, you know, they expect me to be eating French food. It's like, no, no, this okra gumbo that you got here looks delicious. I want some. And they look all shocked that I'm eating African food.
2: You have to understand, we got there in the middle of the afternoon. They were going to go to the store and cook a whole French cuisine for this guy. <laughs> and I'm like, no, he can eat Fuck African
1: him. Food. He can look after himself. So.
2: <laughs> exactly. And, and like watching him eat all this African food, he's like, does he really eat African food? And I'm like, yeah, we did it. I married this guy. He needs to eat what I what I cook. And you love it. You just of really? love to eat it. But they always shocked. Every time you say that you want to eat that. Yeah,
3: I think we shot the country a few times just going in for various things.
2: And, oh, God. Every time I step in the car with him, and they're like, look at me, they look at him, they look at me, they look at him, and they look at it. <laughs> it's like...
0: Well, I actually we actually really like okra. We we eat okra here in Singapore, and we eat it in like curries and stuff all the time. So
1: yeah, absolutely, it's really good. Sounds
0: delicious to us.
1: Yeah, but you you're right though. One of the things I found when we moved up to Asia is that people have an expectation expectation of of Caucasians that we only eat Western style or European style food, um, which is a real shame because here in asia it means i miss out on some of the most awesome food because they kind of water it down you know if they say they they always ask do you want it spicy especially in thailand which is one of the most spicy countries in the world do you want it spicy i'm like yes and they bring down Ooh. still they bring out still a, sort of a caucasian version of spice which is a lot less than what you know the the, the locals eat like, which sucks because it's really nicely balanced when you do it as a local meal and when you do it as a, as the watered-down version, it makes it a lot less fun.
2: I know with African cooking, they don't try to well down, but they always say, it's very spicy, okay? And it's like, yeah, he wants a spice, just just give it to him.
3: Yeah. Except when I accidentally eat a whole pepper. Oh,
2: yeah. Oh,
0: God. That's fun. Yeah, was- I've done that. I've done that. Don't feel bad. <laughs>
1: I've come home no, to see you with good. her, her lips... Bad her lips in a, um, in a milk <coughs> bottle lid trying to cool them down in milk because she ate a, a whole pepper that was really really spicy
0: so did you guys have any like um big like religious or like going back together and like hanging out and first meeting up do you have like similar religious beliefs no religion was there any difference in
3: well, it's changed a little bit when we met i was an atheist and stephanie was oh, so is christian
2: yeah, but I was, you know, I was a kind of Christian that you go to Christian camp, and you do Christian camp for two weeks, and it's like Jesus songs every day. That was what I was raised. I was going to Christian's youth, and, but the funny thing is, going to do that actually kind of turned me off a lot, because it becomes almost like a thought. It becomes too much. Mm-hmm. So when I um, came and he told me, which, which is, the funny thing is, when I look at this profile, I read this profile, but then... We had gone about three, four dates in and you told me, Oh, I'm atheist. And I'm like, Oh, I didn't read that in your profile. I missed that part. And I was like, Well, as long as you're open minded, it should be all fine. And we actually hid that fact from my family. And when people say, Oh, is he Christian? I said, Sure. Yeah. Whatever. Sure. <laughs> told you,
3: you Cause it's a, it um,
1: the Ivory Coast is a mix of, of, um, Christianity and, the, and Islam, I believe.
2: Yes, it's, it's so funny because, so, when, in, back in, 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 Africa, it's a mix, but we live so harmoniously. Like, we respect people that, from the Muslim faith, like, when it's time for, to, for prayer, we stop whatever we're doing, we let people pray, and then we, we start back up. And, but when I moved to the state, it was like, people were like, oh, all this hatred and these differences. And I'm like, what is going on? What's up? This is just so weird.
3: It sounds so nice how it's coexisting
2: like that. Yeah, because it's just like the person is a different faith, I'm not going to bother him.
1: It's kind of similar here in Singapore, actually. There's quite a mix of different religions here in one location and generally, it's quite harmonious, but you know, with any strong belief, whether it be religion or anything else, political, you know, that doesn't really matter. If there's a strong belief, then... People sometimes offend others. I think generally m- most of the time here people are not trying to do that. It's just um, lack of understanding that will that will bring that on. But ge- it's generally worked through fairly quickly after that as well.
0: What a great segue because talking about harmonious, talking about open-minded, talking about being non-judgmental, let's now talk about sex.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, because, yeah. I mean,
0: you know, the same can be said about people having, you know, you, you you worked around other people's thoughts and opinions. I mean, the same could be said really about how sexuality works, how people choose to have their own relationships. So maybe, can you guys tell us a little bit about how perhaps you both identify in your relationship and also individually?
2: I guess I identify as, I'm a bisexual, but it's just like I identify as poly. We had started as swingers. And kind of it didn't, didn't work. work out for us. It's not that I was feeling, but it seemed like a poly was more of a better transition.
3: Definitely seemed to be a bit better label for us. I'm straight, more more tendency towards monogamish, but a bit of a poly bent there. And especially, you know, so let Stephanie do what she needs to do. More.
2: Yeah, <laughs> no, no, it's just no. We're laughing. Okay, we're laughing because before when we when we talked. This is what our label was. The way is, okay, the the reason I'm explaining because he was seeing more himself as Monogam ish and he has more poly. Mm -hmm. But then something happened lately where he kind of.
3: I may be more poly as well, so.
2: He kind of reconnected with somebody and. Discovered their poly. We rekindled
3: something and just like, hey, we got to talking and.
2: And now there's a three-way flirting, apparently.
3: I don't think there was anything apparent about it. Well, it
2: was that. I was was like, is there a three way flirting? I sent her a kiss and I was like, sorry, this isn't appropriate. She's like, no, it's definitely not appropriate. I was like, okay, great. I I wasn't sure. I had to double check. So, yes, it was, it was just so funny how things happened because you didn't even know I was the one telling you that, hey, she's Polly, by the way. So, so now it's just like you are starting to kind of open that door for yourself.
3: Sure. Oh, God.
2: <laughs> okay, this is real life. This is what happened. Exactly. Every day we have discussion.
1: So no, no. I, I suppose <laughs> that's one of the advantages of this, this lifestyle is that you get to open the doors that you might be interested to along the way. No matter where you sit on the spectrum of um, monogamy through to full polyamory, I suppose, it, it really doesn't matter. People just – if you have the option – to open a door and peek behind it and figure out, well, yeah, actually, that's quite good. I like what's there. Sometimes right. you end up walking through it.
2: Yes. And I think the main thing for us was to keep talking about it. If any kind of, any stage we were, that if it changed, that we need to talk about it and you say to your partner, hey, I think this is changing and this is what is happening. But it's been, it's so funny because when we started in this hour, he Star, we talked more. We talk so much, and it's changed how you react sometimes when we have conversation about certain things, and I don't know, you change for the better. You don't freak out. I find,
3: like, especially since meeting Stephanie, my communication has improved, and ever since getting into this lifestyle, it has improved so much more. We have to talk. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it.
2: Yeah, and then you need to have a few fights. Of course. And a few arguments.
3: That's
0: life. And a few passionate discussions.
2: And then boundaries are broken, and you be like, okay, you need to have a serious talk about it.
0: (laughs) And and do you think that that difference of like expression on what you want, understanding your own uh, desires, do, do you think that was because of the way that you were brought up? Like, did that have any impact to you know your ability, Guillaume, to you know express and talk about? what you wanted and and both of you, like how this would adapt in your relationship? Well,
3: oh, for how I was brought up, sex and dating were never really discussed. The only time it might've been discussed was if I went to a dance and my dad would pressure me. So what girls did you talk to? What girls did you dance with? I'm like, I don't need to get into this. <laughs> yes, I dance with something, whatever. But sex was never discussed. And I never was able to discuss it with anyone really
2: in climate stuff. And for me, it was more like the way I was brought up was Cause I even remember, who was I talking? Cause my mom, my mom was telling me, oh, you know, you have to be a good girl and you get married and you have, you know, your husband, your kids. And she's like, you have to be, you know, pure. And I'm like, well, then how does a guy get experience? They're like, well, they need experience. And I'm like, well, who do they have the experience with? And I'm thinking like, this is a double standard right now.
3: Like, <laughs> why am
2: I, after? and this guy has to be, can fuck around to have experience, quote unquote. And I, for me, I, I remember that first conversation, I was like, that's not right. I'm, I, I'm like, I don't want to be. And I remember my, my mom's sex talk was to give me a medical manual book and say, here it is. And I'm like, okay. So I know what the penis is in anatomy and what ejaculation is. I know what baby is. Well, I was very medically. I knew what the penis would look like. I didn't know what it was going to feel like. I did not know about the other stuff. And I was like, this thing is scary. It still
3: is.
2: (laughs) Nobody prepared me. So I was like, after that, I was like, I am going to know for sure next time I'm ready. But it took me for a whole loop because, you know, in my country, you you don't have a lot of, you don't see a lot of gay people, or lesbian, LGBT representation. So the knowing that I had this feeling about other women, it was just like, okay, I'm crazy. I have lost my mind. Something is definitely wrong with me. But then I was like, well, there's no psychiatric hospital to go in. So I'm, I knew I was doomed and all I had to do was I need to pray about it. So that was kind of tough to, to deal with. It was until I moved in the state, I was like, kept praying about it that I, the feeling of, you know, liking women and looking at women was going to go away, but it never did. So I was like, oh, I, I guess I have to do something about it. So I had to do something about it.
0: Yeah, actually, when I was looking up um, some information on the Ivory Coast, I've, I looked the, about the LGBTQI, kind of the rights there, and what I found was that private acts are fine if you want to engage in, like, same-sex behind doors, that it's it's legal there. But uh, if you do it in the public, it's more like a breach of, of decency, I think, was what they said. So can be a jail-level uh, offense, is what my understanding is.
2: I think it's more like shame upon your family. So you right. shamed your family, you sold your family. It's just it's a funny story. I knew one of my cousins was gay, and when we went to our because he was getting married, and I was thinking, oh, he's getting married maybe to a guy, and maybe we progress. You no, know, he was married to a woman. I was, and I kept looking at Joe, I was like, he's gay, why is he getting married? <laughs> So we went to the wedding and he was nice, whatever. And then six months later, he sent a letter to everybody in the family and saying, he's leaving his wife and he doesn't want to give an explanation. And I looked at my husband and like, yeah, he's gay. That's why I'm leaving her. <laughs>
3: and
2: I'm like, I'm like, this is what happened when, you know, because nobody talks about anything. You gotta talk about it and nobody wants to. Because, so I was just talking about him, about that in the kitchen upstairs, because when, I, so I was dating a woman, and one time I brought her to my house. I was dating my sister, and my sister found us in bed just watching a movie, and I remember her opening the door and closing it. And next thing I know, like my mom called the next day and just berating me and just reading me the Bible for almost two hours, saying what I did was just awful and an awful person and probably possessed by a demon. And I'm like, oh, okay, this is going to be a long thing. And then I thought, okay, oh, she forgot about it. But then when I went home with a friend, probably a few months ago, they bought me in for an exorcism. So that was fun.
1: Wow. Apparently I
2: was possessed by the demon you know, same sex marriage. <laughs> no, but And I was like, hey, well. And I remember after that, they were like, they did their exorcism. They're like, okay, it's gone. And I'm thinking to myself, nope, nope, still. There. <laughs> <laughs> you know,
1: still like pussy. That- <laughs>
2: And I'm like, what? at this point, if... I'm like, you know what, maybe God just put it there because this is what I am. And I'm like, I'm just going to let it go and just, just live my life and just know that my husband has to deal with me.
3: Oh, you brought it up early, I think, second date. You tentatively brought it up just to see how do I feel about it. It's like, yes, so.
2: Yeah, what I was like, it? well, it's so funny because I brought it up to other guys and I remember dating other African guys and I would say it, they'd be like, oh my God, that's disgusting. What are you? Just, what? just a disgusting person. Yeah, and I was like,
1: wow.
2: great. Never tell anybody, but I had a good feeling about it. I surprised you in a few ways. <laughs> well, I'm, ac-
3: yes, I'm glad you
0: that you, you took the leap of faith on Guillaume then and didn't just let those pre you know previous uh, negative situations impact the fact that you were able to open it up to him because obviously that's worked out well for you guys. I mean, you have look like you guys have a fantastic relationship. You've got a family. Guillaume managed to catch feels and move Stephanie to the cold, so it seems to be working out. <laughs> yeah, he's he's pretty good. He's pretty good. I mean, I remember on our, well, on our third day,
2: no, fourth day, but our, either our third or fourth day, we had like this long talk about everything, about our things, about what we like and needs, and it was just like, whoa, this guy is just perfect, what's going on, Where's a catch. Medium. <laughs>
1: <laughs> You must have done all right because you explained just a little earlier off mic, but um, you, you guys, you actually proposed in about six months, Guillaume?
3: Just after about four months, I knew. Uh, I, I was taking a pre planned trip. We were going to be leaving for a month. And so right before I get on the plane, she says, I love you the first time.
2: Oh, yeah. wait, 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 wait a second. You have to explain. A month and a bit. You were going your South Asian, Southeast Asian tour, yeah? You were on a long trip. Yes, for a month.
3: Yes. <laughs> and she says, "I love you," just before I leave. On the flight over, I'm thinking, "This woman is incredible. I'd marry her if only she would move to Canada."
2: <laughs> well, a couple
3: months later, we were talking. She says she would, so I go ring shopping.
1: Oh wow! <laughs> awesome. You have to.
2: And you have to understand also at least. From this point, we were never boyfriend and girlfriend. We were just seeing each other. Mm-hmm. And I took him to his sister's, to to my niece's first birthday. And people were asking, I would like, hey, his name is Guillaume. And they'd be like, and you are? And I'd be like, I actually don't know what he is. So I'm like, sorry, I don't I have no idea. Yeah, let's talk about that.
0: <laughs> so in this talk, that's why
1: I can imagine the term fuck buddies isn't socially acceptable, right?
0: Probably not at the first, just yes. first birthday party.
2: Like, <laughs> my sister, I was like, you know, you're just a guy I'm seeing. She's like, oh, okay. I'm like, wait, so did I didn't want to explain more. Please don't make me explain more.
1: <laughs> don't don't make bad. me explain yes. the icicle penis from Canada. <laughs> no, I, no. Oh, my
2: gosh. She found one of our sex toys, so that was enough embarrassment. And she didn't even she, know what it was. And she asked me to explain, and I
0: said, "No, just throw it away." Don't
2: yeah. want to know. Throw it away. <laughs> oh, really? Throw
0: it away. So, where where you guys are in Ottawa? Like, where where do you go? Where did you meet your current lady that you're both talking to and and looking to form a poly relationship with? Where Where do you go to meet like minded people there?
3: Facebook groups,
2: I guess. Well,
3: you're more into it than I, I
0: am
2: okay yeah i go i go to meetups and i went we went to one social together uh yeah well they were you were you went to high school together
3: yes so we went to high school together for two years and then lost track of each other
2: and then i saw on facebook that she had joined a poly Ottawa group that i belonged to so i was like wait a second i know this girl and then i was like i called joe at work i said joe she joined and then they started talking yeah Maybe being flirty. And I was like, whoa. Which scared me at first because I was like, she's a high school crush. And I wasn't sure what it was. But then I talked to her and I'm like, I think I like her too. I can't be mad at her. Fine.
3: And then we started a <laughs> three-way conversation and it's just, everything's so funny.
2: <laughs> because you got to you got one up on me because you guys already started talking sex toys. So now I have to like be the tamer version and just talk like regular things like movies and music. You already went. You are you're
0: one of them. We find that that happens a lot in different chats. You know, you, you get like these uh, peaks and troughs where people will be talking about like super sexy stuff for a little while and then you're kind of bounce back to just everyday normality and then, you know, somebody else might then start on the sexy track and it kind of comes and goes, right?
1: It just depends on who's horny on the day. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> really is what it comes I mean, down I, to.
0: I'm trying to be,
2: well, we, we, we talked about it, we all all three of us talked about it and we said we're trying to do it nice and slow because Diom and I had a bad experience with another couple. So we were like... We jumped
3: into things way too fast and it just,
2: it taught us. We, are, we were a bit of sluts. We slept on the
1: first date. Gotcha. It Is can it, be, yeah, I mean, it, the excitement of the first time round can draw people in. You, you're not alone in that. Certainly we know a number of couples who who threw themselves into something and then took a big step back for some of them for years Mm. i mean for us we took after our very first experience which was you know it wasn't anything weird strange or even that difficult but at the time it was huge for us so we we took a step back as well for a while We, we still debate on how long that was c says three months i say it's more like eight or nine months, but, you know, we'll, we'll just agree to disagree on that one.
2: <laughs> and I think that's what we should have done. We've taken a step by, but we're rolling on the train. of. We kept yeah. rolling on that train, and, and it, just, it didn't get better. We well, it was up and down, but then the ups were a little bit, and the downs were really, really low, and it was like, we got to a point where this is not working. We need to do something radical.
3: And it just further shows that good communication is key because they weren't communicating as well as we wanted them to as we needed them to well you need them especially
2: yeah i'm a i'm a very i like to be very direct to the point that i would rather be too honest with you than lying to you i'd rather know this is what this is what I, i like one two three are you okay with it if not then great we can just move on to something else but i could not get a good read and it's better to get a good read, but I could not get a good read for the life of me, and I, I was just,
3: I was just really anxious, especially in that situation. You shouldn't have to get a good read; you should be able to ask and have them say, yeah. "We want X, Y, Z. Well,
0: at least you guys kind of, you know, chatted about it, and you know, you've moved on, and you know, you haven't really let it hinder you you know directly i mean that's that's really important as well i mean yes we all do talk about communication and we throw that word around a lot but really i mean as you've got to be asking the right questions you've got to be listening but more importantly you've got to be understanding how you feel to then try and actually tell your partner how you feel or even your uh, lifestyle friends or lifestyle partners you know yeah.
1: well any bad relationship is is not a good place to be so whether that's a, a cup a friendship or a couple relationship—if it—if it takes more effort than the benefit it's providing, then it's something that needs to be addressed, and that can sometimes fix, be fixed through, through communication. But a lot of the time, unfortunately, ends in the end of that relationship.
2: We really even though it was what one year in, we finally realized that we're like, okay, we need to we need to move on and just focus on ourselves and exactly. what we actually want. Because I had to go on, on the site for myself and find what I was looking for. So, yeah, so it was just like trying to figure out what we need and what you're comfortable with.
3: Exactly. And that's a big thing. And we actually went to a marriage counselor to talk about all this. And it was really useful just to sit down with someone who could mediate things mm-hmm. and just get us more about what do we really want and why.
2: Especially that our counselor was not was a not, poor guy. We put him in something he was not prepared for. He was like, I have no idea about non-modernity. Mean, I'm just talking from experience on how you should talk to him. Like, perfect. We'll do this. Funny thing is, he's African, too. <laughs> <laughs> really? I know, so, but he
3: was more open-minded. <laughs> yeah, he was one of the good ones.
0: But you're, you're right, exactly correct, that they don't have to have experience necessarily in the lifestyle, but that foundation of, as you said, understanding what you want to then work through it i mean that you know self-awareness is not an easy thing
2: especially we had a lot of conversation about me going on my side finding another know partner that was that was tough
3: exactly and at first i couldn't accept it i'm not sure what made me finally accept it but yeah right now i'm very
2: well, the sexy, make you excited about it
0: <laughs> well I, I have a question for you guys since you've been, you know, meeting each other, having different backgrounds, yeah, gr- growing through this diversity, both culturally as well as sexually. Um, do you have any? If you were to give people advice about how to kind of work through some of that diversity, what would you tell them?
3: One of the big things, again, that I'm very thankful for is that before we got married, we did marital counseling. We go see a marriage counselor, please, and just say, it helps. Well, especially when you're coming from two different cultures and some of those things that you just don't think the other person could possibly think any way other than how you're thinking and your mind gets blown. It's like, you think like that?
2: But I think the most, if I had to give an advice, I would say be open mind. Yes. Because we, when we first met so many different backgrounds, different way of talking, different way of our family backgrounds because he's an only child, I have like six siblings, mm-hmm. so that's another one then he's just different, well, different religion at first, but it was just so different. But also what I liked about it was, I think it's nice to have diversity. I like I that about him because he was so different. And I'm like, okay, let's, let me see what I can work with. And it, sometimes it can be difficult because it's like, this is what I think. And he's like, no, this is not what I think. And it, that's where our background really comes in play. But I think it's just be able to sit down, understand the other person's point of view, and understand where they're coming from and I think as soon as you do that you're like okay
3: I can do this uh, just be open be willing to think about what others are going through it's tough
2: because there's a lot of like I have a, a few friends I'm not gonna say all everybody but I have a few friends that are African American or African like me and they're like oh I don't want to date an Asian man because they won't understand our culture they just won't understand Whereas it's like, you don't give them a chance. Hmm. You don't even give them a chance to actually understand, experience it, see it from your point of view. And just, because that's, in got in, should coming home, be able to know me and be able to understand where I'm coming from. Sometimes, yeah, you get lost in translation, but most of the time you see where I'm coming from. So, yeah. So I would say open-minded is, yeah. I know it's a, it's, it sounds like it's such a dumb thing to say, but for me, it's open-minded, is it, it goes so deep. Because I found you. Right. And just like it, you say you're
3: bisexual, and to me it's like, so? What's that matter? It's like, it just makes you part of the great person you are. He's so
2: sweet. That's blowing my <laughs> yes. mind.
0: So, so, do you think that, you know, your ability to talk about these things and, you know, Stephanie, you're opening up about, you know, being bisexual, um, do you think that has developed? your own sexuality like do you guys find that you talk about more about what you want in the bedroom that you are buying more sex toys i mean do you think that that you know open discussion has kind of flowed through to your sex life
3: i'm laughing because on tuesday we just received two new packages of sex toys
0: (laughs) what's in the sex toy bag do tell
2: uh it's (laughs) it's my favorite one but i haven't even tried it it's a vibrating harness because we have a we have a normal harness for the for the dildo, but when I pegged Guillaume, I don't feel anything. Mm-hmm. So I've been to have something to feel. I'm like I don't want a bullet in me. I don't. And then he was like, we saw it on Adam and Eve, and he's like, vibrating harness. I was like, awesome! I am willing to try this because I think he set the tone, and so can I. So it's gonna be fun to try on Monday when you recover because mm-hmm. he he had a vasectomy. So
1: he's recovering. Oh, okay. So you've still got the um, the bag of frozen peas on the on the bottom half there, mate?
2: Actually, no. No, thank God. It's, Thankfully, that's done, but I'm still wearing a support harness. It's just a very shaven PNS <laughs> I see. So it's okay. It's good. It's a good look. I can, I can deal with that. You know, it's easier for me in case I need to reach in there. But unfortunately, I can't reach in there, so... It's like dangling carrot in front of me. It's like, hello, I'm here. Set me <laughs> up, but you can't. It's like, great. <laughs> have- it's, like it's, it's torture. It's pure torture. It's like he gets naked. And I'm like, can I just fuck him? He's like, no. He's recovering. I'm like, I don't want to break him because if I break him, his mother is gonna say, why did you do it? Just like,
0: well, you have to. Um, you'll have to send us the. The link and let us know how you guys go when you do use the new harness. Like, make sure you send us a message on Twitter and let us know. Oh yeah, okay. uh, we'll let you know.
2: And they actually send us an extra, uh, yeah. like an extra. Uh, it's
3: like a welcome kit that they threw in. Oh, here, have a glass dildo, have some card rings, have a few things.
2: I'm excited about the car rings. They're different <laughs> colors. <laughs> I may mean, fuck you hard on Monday. I'm just letting you know. <laughs>
1: so just to just to flip things a little bit we I mean I have some questions we'd like to ask you guys, um probably particular to Stephanie, given the background that you've had, but Guillaume, please feel free to step in as well. We're interested in in I suppose your sexual upbringing. I know we covered a little earlier that you there was really nothing that your parents were involved in, so the next question is where did you learn about your sex? And, you know, did you experiment as a teenager? What age did you lose your virginity? Things like that. Just wondering if you can help us out.
3: Um, basically, I found my dad's collection of porn and I found the internet. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so purely course, self-taught.
0: Been, well, I think too, like uh, we we had some sexual education in school, um, more in high school than, than in what we call primary school which is your younger year school but but again it was kind of like what you were saying Stephanie it was more anatomy uh it it spoke a lot about protection it spoke a lot about STIs um you know abstaining and this sort of thing but it didn't really you know our school system didn't really lend itself to understanding yourself a lot and and then understanding how how that sexual interaction could happen with a potential partner Nowadays, they're probably starting to try and touch on a little bit more, but school when I was growing up, they didn't really talk about it like that.
3: I here, like there's a classic diagram of penises in the vagina. Everything's connected. You can see all the organs and very biological and that's it.
2: And for us, it was like, because I remember it was like sexual health. That's it. It was just very mechanical and this is what it is. And I was like, okay. They even tell us, they say people wear condoms. They don't say you can get condoms here. And he was like, we don't even know where to get those. Cause I remember, I remember in the past, people used to get like, because they had like those little props, the condom, they would just do balloons. And yeah. it was just like, okay, that, that's it. Okay. That's your sexual health.
3: I lost my virginity in university at around, I think
2: I was 20 years old. Okay. And I lost when I was like 11, 12. But
1: well, so you shouldn't be ashamed of that. But I you're, mean,
2: you're
0: between our ages.
1: Yeah. So.
2: I know, but it's like, you know, it's so young. Thinking about it, it was like, Oh my god, it's so young because I remember I hit puberty by nine. So it was like friends talking about sex, then my mom saying, Get a big girl and be you know you know, you take the guys take your power and all that stuff. And I remember thinking, God, this is so much pressure. Can no guy just fuck me and be over with and then I can just move on and go to school and focused on about like going to movies and eating candy, and then it was when I lost it. It was like okay, what's the whole the whole hoopla about? Yeah. nothing. Bye. Right.
3: So your,
1: the sexual health side of things, you, you mentioned that condoms, nobody really knew where to get them. Is that was that the case through all of your, I suppose, teenage years?
2: No, I think when they did the sexual health, they didn't tell us okay, you get condoms there. But I remember growing up my cousin would say oh they went to get condoms at the pharmacy but then you walk at the pharmacy I don't, I remember not seeing them and I'd be like I guess you have to go up and ask but then I was like I don't want to go up and ask but I remember moving in the state, when I moved to the state it was everywhere and I was like okay
0: As we kind of thinking <laughs> about closing out the podcast today I, I have a bit of a naughty question but I'll give it to you two ways so you can choose to answer it or choose to ignore it but I was going to ask you, do you have a kind of fuck it list or perhaps the easier and nicer way to ask that is maybe what's, what's happening for you guys next? What's, what's the next, what's 2019 look like for you in your, uh, you know, sexual journey? journey.
1: Yeah.
3: I see going to the club again, you know, having sex in front of strangers. <laughs>
2: <God>. <laughs> he, he enjoys me giving a blowjob in front of other strangers. I'm like, that's fine, honey. I just don't want to see the strangers. Can I just
3: do that? just not see the strangers? Fine, I'll you. Then, you know, yeah,
2: actually, that'd be great. Can you do that? Okay, well, next like
3: time. Problem the, solved. Look look the here, smile we're on we're here face. to help. <laughs> What's um, I mean, for you, I guess, just going on more dates and seeing what happens. God, I don't want to
2: go on more dates. I just want to find a long-term female partner, and then I'm good. I'm golden. I don't need more dates. We
1: like don't that. want more dates. We just want the right date. And then, when you know, we can find that group of people that we can bring together every time we want to do anything crazy or fun. Exactly. The end result's oh. well worth the investment in time.
2: I need my sex by Monday. This is not no if, not but. Six a.m. It'd be like <laughs> go time.
1: Six a.m. You're gonna roll him over. Say, so get hard now. <laughs> it's time.
2: Listen to me. It's a holiday. It's a holiday here in Canada. So yes, I'm gonna. To... I'm Thanksgiving week. So please give me my sex. <laughs> six, six, four, you we had plenty of money sex. You love that. Yes. And then <laughs> we, we do we have sex before the, the kid wake up.
0: Well, thank, thank you guys for joining us. Stephanie and Guillaume, we, we really appreciate it. We know that we've got like a 12-hour time difference. It's getting quite late for you guys there. But thank you for taking the time to join us and thank you for taking the time to share your stories with our listeners. It, it means a lot to us and, and I'm sure to everybody else as well.
1: Absolutely. And hopefully you can warm up that very, what is it, the icicle, icicle Canadian penis on Monday.
2: I'll do my best.